Good morning, and welcome to our time of the Word of God in prayer. This is Saturday morning, January 16th, and I hope it's going to be a great day for you, and I hope we're going to have a great time. I expect to have a great time here in prayer in just a moment. I have a question for you. What event happened for the first time in the history of the entire world in 17? 97, I believe, is the right date. Of course, if I have the wrong date on that, you won't even know, even if you, you won't have the right answer, even if you know the, the answer to the question. So I'll tell you. It was in 1797, and George Washington handed power from uh, his pre presidency to our second president. Um, this was done in Liberty Hall there in Philadelphia. And the interesting thing, this was the first time in the history of the world that power was transferred from one person to another who either A, was not related by blood, or B, was not done via violence. It's really an interesting thought, isn't it? It's really an interesting aspect of America. We've come to expect this. We've come to expect a peaceful transfer of power regularly. And much of the world expects this, although, let's face it, much of the world still has violent transfers of power or transfers either by blood or through whom a tyrant uh, chooses to hand it off to the next one. This is something that America began and was a wonderful, wonderful addition to our world and we're hoping and planning, expecting that to happen again here in the next few days, right? So I just want to comment about this because, you know, our nation's kind of been turned, our nation's capital has been turned into a war zone. And evidently, all over the United States, capitals all over the United States are preparing for violence in the state capitals. They're preparing for violence in our national capital. Uh, there are now more National Guard troops on the mall in Washington, D.C. than we have in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Fencing is up. Much of the, sit, much of the downtown area that, that are, the, are the treasure of our nation and open to visitors has been shut off, fenced in, prohibited to come to. People are going to have to pass through metal detectors to get anywhere near. And for that matter, I don't even know that they're expecting very many people to come for Joe Biden's inauguration as i've understood they're telling a lot of people just stay home i'm sure there'll be dignitaries there and so forth but a lot of people just uh watch on tv and and uh, avoid because of covid and all these things so i think it should go without saying let's not be violent this coming week and i would think that the people on this this uh live stream with me I would think that we've been talking about and we've been saying and declaring that we believe in God. We believe God, uh, he promotes people. He raises up one, he puts down another. Scripture says it's the, the hand of God directs our way and plans our way. How then can we understand our way? Indeed, I was heartened by a guy who's a, you know, he's a big Trump supporter that I follow on Twitter. And he, uh, you know, he, he believes the election was stolen, all these things. But he also posted some things yesterday that I think bear repeating. 
he talked about how God is God, God's ways are not our ways, and, and we don't understand sometimes what God is doing. And he commented how he doesn't like that. He wants it to be done his way, or if it's not done his way, he wants to understand exactly what God is doing. And uh, if he doesn't, he gets irritated at God, and he gets upset at God, and so forth. Maybe you're like that. Uh, but he, but he, he reminded us that God is God, not us, and that is one of the most important lessons to remember in life. There is a God, and it's not us. God is at work in things. God works his plan. And whatever it is, he, I don't think everything that happens is in the will of God, but I do think God is involved and God wins in the end. He commented about how his church in, had really seen a lot of growth and they were having five services. And so they had made a plan to expand and they were trying to raise $20 million. And uh, they were having difficulty doing it. They went to banks, and, and no bank wanted a loan of money because they said, you know, it's a, it's a lot of money, and what if you can't pay it back? And, and we couldn't just take the church building. It wouldn't be of any use to anybody if, if you defaulted on the loan. So they were praying and praying and praying and praying. The loan would come through, and it didn't come through. And so they had just a little bit of money left. They thought, what are we going to do, like a $2 million expansion instead? They didn't have enough cash, so they didn't do it. But they they'd raised money to prepare, but they just didn't have it available. And all their plans were on hold throughout 2019. And then he said 2020 hit. And their church has not met together, I guess, evidently since March. Um, his point being that had they had borrowed that $20 million, had they gotten that 20 million, had they somehow borrowed it, had they moved ahead with their construction in 2019, the church would have had to default on the loan. The church would have been bankrupt. The church would have had to go, go into uh, receivership. The church, would have, the church would have financially fallen apart and failed to continue forward. And instead, they had some money in the bank. They had a million and a half dollars in the bank instead of a loan that they could not pay. It's point being, they prayed and prayed and prayed, and yet God knew what was coming, and God stood in the way of their prayers being answered. Now, my point being, we might not understand all of what God is doing, but let's do continue to believe that God knows what he's doing. And ultimately, people may try and thwart the plans of God, but ultimately, they do not succeed. I know many people who are advocating for violence. I, I say to them, it's like you want to destroy America in order to save America. That's not what we're about. We don't believe any, anything is bigger than the plan of God. We, I, I'm distressed with what I think the coming four years will have. Let's be clear. I'm distressed with the, the cultural battles that, that we thought we'd moved on from that are going to need to be refought all over again. I'm distressed with policies that I think would be well-intentioned, but all they'll really do is hurt the people they are intended to help and transfer more and more power to our central government. I'm concerned that there are people who are outward, out and out socialists, and sometimes we want to closet communists, who'll be having a lot more power in our nation. I'm distressed how all this, how all this happened. Some guy who didn't even hardly campaign got more votes than anyone in the history of the world. Some guy who was elected before got 11 million more votes than previously and still lost. I'm distressed with how all this happened. 
and was it legit? I'm, I've got all those same concerns, believe me, very deeply. But I also believe that God is still on the throne and God will work his plan. And we may not know what it is. And we don't see the end from the beginning like our God does. We don't see what's coming like our God does. We don't see what's around the corner. I do believe God has heard our prayers. I don't believe God has turned a deaf ear to us. I believe God has heard our prayers. And sometimes when something doesn't seem to be answered the way you had hoped for, then we've got to sit back and trust that God has something up his sleeve that we don't know about. So we must be prepared. We may need to be prepared for some suffering in our country. We, may, we obviously need to learn how to handle disappointment. We need to learn how to handle being on the feeling marginalized. These, these are not new ideas for Christians. This has been the typical way Christians have had to live much of their life, uh, throughout much of history, uh, shall I say. And so there may be new lessons that we're learning, maybe some painful lessons, maybe some lessons that, that uh, as we see the big picture, we wish it would have never happened and may frighten us and may, um, may grieve us and may anger us. But as we've also talked here, we pray about those things we cannot change. There are some things we cannot change. And, and that's what we, we cry out to God for that. This is what Christians have done throughout history. Believers of God have done way, way, way back, you know, in Egypt when the children of Israel were slaves and they cried out to God and God heard their cry. It was a while, didn't happen overnight. And, they, and he brought them out of Egypt with great, um, gr great judgments upon the Egyptian people. But let's not lose heart in doing good. Let's not lose heart in crying out to God. Let's not lose heart in advancing the gospel. I'm, you know, as I look at D.C. now, and I just think it's like a war zone, as I said earlier, and, and we're scared and concerned about um, just a government overreach of power, and the Democrats have the power structures in Washington, D.C. now, and, and we're concerned about overreach, we're concerned about what they're, they're planning to do, things they've said they're going to do obviously concern us. But I'm reminded, I'm reminded of a quote by William Penn, who's founder of the University of Pennsylvania and of, uh, I believe, maybe, excuse me, that may have been Benjamin Franklin who founded that university. But he was the, dare we say, the father of the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, William Penn made a comment, men who will not be governed by God must be governed by tyrants. And and uh, as our nation, we, you and I want to be governed by God. You and I understand freedom. If you're, freedom only really works if you're willing to be governed by God. If you're not willing to come under God's authority, then sooner or later uh, a nation will dissolve into anarchy or tyrants will arise to keep control of the people. If you're not driven by an inner moral compass that honors and fears the Lord, sooner or later, someone's going to have to control you. And our founders realized this. And I believe our nation more and more has said, we won't be governed by God. And consequently, we're reaping what we're sowing in terms of a shift of power to governments feeling they need to tell us how to live. 
And the truth is, they're not telling They're not bringing us under the ways of God. They're bringing us more and more away from God. Indeed, in fact, in many ways, they're the problem, right? All of this leads us to prayer. All of this leads us to be engaged with God in heaven, crying out to him. Certainly, it leads us to being good citizens and engaged in our political world, engaged understanding and uh, voting and writing letters and talking to people, all of this in, in, uh, on a local, state, and national level, all of this leads us to being engaged as good citizens. All of this leads us to be engaged in our culture. Because as we know, sooner or later, if, if uh, our, our education and our media and our business world and our families and even our churches are all drifting away from an understanding of freedom and being as of individuals being governed by God and a free nation under God, even if these groups and the family falls apart and our business world and our education and our 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 entertainment and on and on, well, government's just it's just gonna um, it, it, we're just going to delay the inevitable if we don't win those cultural institutions as well. And so the answer there is that we be wise. We advance the gospel, the Christians be known, we rise up as we've got a better way. We're living a better way. Our light shines brightly, that people would see us and, and want to be like us, that the message we proclaim would be irrefutable, one that no one could resist, knowing that people, if they don't like it, all they can do is persecute us because they can't beat us in a better argument. This is the type of people we've got to be. This is who we've got to be. We have the best message. We have, we're on the path of life. And even if, whether the world likes it or not, we're going to be steadfast on it. So scripture says that we should pray for our leaders. First thing in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, I urge you there, first of all, the prayers, petitions, uh, supplications, thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and rulers and all who are in authority, that we may lead a peaceful and Godly life and all dignified life and all godliness and dignity. For there's one God, for this good and acceptable in the sight of our God and our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We pray today for all men to be saved, and we pray that our government will not persecute us in that pursuit of living godly lives and advancing the gospel. Let's go to prayer. Father in heaven, we pray to you today. We thank you that you're, you are above all gods. We thank you, Lord, you're above all idols. We thank you that you are the, we thank you that you are the king of the universe. Jesus Christ, we come to you today as the Lord of lords and the king of kings. We thank you that you are seated at the right hand of your father until you make your enemies a footstool for your feet. We thank you that you are a, Lord Jesus, you, you conquered at the cross and you are a mighty warrior. There has never been a greater warrior than you. And yet you didn't need to take up a sword in order to conquer people. Thank you, Jesus, you conquered me and you conquered us. We thank you, your gospel, your grace has conquered us. It won us. Not by force, not by a sword, not by choking us, not by punching us in the nose, Lord. You won us. By your incredible grace, your incredible mercy, your incredible love, your incredible goodness. You've led us to repentance. You've led us to a place of 
of, of surrender. And it's a sweet surrender. There's no more beautiful place than to be surrendered to our God. There's no better place of peace. There's no greater joy. There's no, there's no more serenity. There's no more, there's no more wonder, no greater wonder than to be surrendered to our God. What a sweet, sweet place to be. Jesus, we willingly, gladly say that you are our King. You are our Lord. We gladly bow our knee to you. We gladly confess you as the Lord of heaven and earth. We gladly say your name is above all names. We, we, we are yours. We bear the name of Christian. What an honor. What a glory. What a, what a beautiful thing. And Lord, even if the world were to despise and hate that, we wear that badge proudly, that we are loved by God, that we are chosen by God. We're in the family of God. Oh, Father, we pray that we would not bring shame to your name, that we would be people who live life to bring honor and glory to our God. Day in, day out, all we do, every attitude, every word, every every. Every action, every prayer. Father, we, we just say to you that we live in times that, while they might not be strange or difficult for some of our brethren through the ages, they're unusual for us. Lord, there are times when we, we are facing things that we're not used to here in our country. So we ask for great wisdom. We ask for great uh, ability to be led by your Spirit. We, we have great confidence, Father, in your ability to lead us into victorious, triumphant lives, no matter what comes our way. Lord, this is not measured, maybe it has been in the past, measured by uh, how well we're doing financially, or are we healthy, or are we, uh, are we feeling good, or is everything good in life? It may have been the way it's been measured for some of us in the past, and Perhaps it will be in the future, but Lord, it may be different. You may be calling to see, are we going to be triumphant when we are, when things don't go the way we would like? Will we be victorious and joyful, rising above, filled with the Spirit, even when people hate, despise us, use us, persecute us? We don't know, Father. We don't know. Some of, for some of us, it's very, very strange, different. I want to thank you, Father, I, I think of my own campus preaching. And I think some of the first times that I was out there and people just said mean, slanderous, cruel, hateful, filthy things about me. Lord, how often it was, it was so difficult and it really hurt deeply and I, and, and I felt misunderstood and I wondered had I even let you down that someone would think that way about me as your follower. Father, you gave me, I just still remember that day as I was leaving campus that one day and you gave me such great peace that nothing will separate us from the love of Christ, not even persecution. Romans 8, 37, 38, nothing, not death, not tribulation, not persecution. There's nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. And we thank you, Father, for that. And we're so blessed by it. And I pray, Lord, every one of us, everyone joining me here in prayer would know that Today, as they seek you and follow you, no matter how anyone treats them or looks at them or thinks about them, nothing will separate them from the love of Christ. 
Help us, Father, get used to life as, as, as a true follower of you. And I pray, Father, that today, that now, I thank you that even with me, you've helped me. I, I still certainly don't like people to speak bad about me. But I thank you, Lord, you've given me a different attitude of compassion for them, pity for them. Lord, they're, they're, people who hate Christians are just storing up wrath for themselves in the day of judgment. The, when it really counts at the finish line, Lord, those people are going to be terrible, terrible, terrible losers. And those of us who have suffered for you and borne persecution and even been reviled or, or, or insulted for you, Lord, we will, we'll, we'll have great... You said we would be rewarded for enduring that. Thank you, Lord. And I see that now, Lord, any persecution someone does of me, they're just adding to my eternal reward. How thankful I am for that. How sad I am for them. Father, adjust our perspective. Help us to see differently. Help us to see scripturally. Help us to have our hope fixed on you. Help us, Father, to live life in the triumph and the victory that we know we have. No matter what comes our way, no matter what comes our way, we are victors in Jesus Christ and the world cannot take away what you have given us. Thank you. Father, we do pray for peace in our country. We do, Lord, we are, we're, we are deeply alarmed. We are deeply alarmed, Father. We cry out to you. Some of the people who will be having power, Lord, in our country have said terrible things. They've said not, not only terrible from a Christian point of view, but terrible from an American point of view. The things they've called for, the threats they're making. Lord, we see in history how people have used uh, violence against the government to crack down on freedoms and crack down on their political opponents in a merciless way. We pray, Father, that you'd watch over and protect your people. We pray you would protect your children, your church. And we pray, Lord, you'd protect us from those who mean us harm. Lord, we feel that there's just a, a demonic spirit of deception, evil, power, greed that has come upon so many who will be leading us, even upon our nation and our capital. Lord, we ask you to be binding Satan. We ask, Lord, you're greater than him. We ask you to stand in his way. Send your angels to stand in his way. Prohibit him, Lord, from influencing those who will have power over us. We want to pray, Lord, for this incoming administration. We pray, Father, I, I'm so grateful in the last one, how many Christians there were in the cabinet or in high levels of influence. I want to thank you, Lord, in President Trump's administration, how, how many, Mike Panson, Kaylee Magnus, so many of them, Lord. Mike, Mike Pompeo, so many. Ben Carson, Betsy DeVos, Lord, the list goes on and on of people who unashamedly named the name of Jesus Christ as the one whom they were serving. How we pray, Father, that you would bless them, protect them as they move forward in life now. And how we pray in our new administration. Lord, it just seems to me, I don't know who, I don't know for sure, it just seems to me that's. Very, very few would name the name of Christ publicly, unashamedly. Instead, Lord, there's radical secularism, even socialism, even commitment to a, the uh, LGBT uh, 
uh, and Marxism and things of this nature. Lord, these ideas that are so destructive and so deceptive. Lord, protect our nation from and protect these leaders from being deceived by the evil one. How we pray and cry out to you today, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, their cabinets, these people, Lord, your arm is not so short that it cannot save. And so we pray for their salvation. We pray they'd humble themselves before you. We pray you would visit them, O oh God. We pray that you would bring them to salvation. And we pray, Lord, that they would be people who fear God and honor God and, and walk in integrity and humility and as servants of the people. Lord, today we do pray for a peaceful transition of power. We do pray that there would not be violence in our land uh, this week, this coming week. We do pray, Lord, that uh, I, I just think it would be evident to all the American people that some have just really overreacted. And I pray that that's true, that it has been, all this has been an overreaction and the threat is not nearly what they're making it out to be. And I pray, Father, for freedom to be in our land. But Father, as we said earlier, what we really need is a spiritual awakening because if we won't be governed by you, then we must be governed by tyrants. So bring spiritual revival and awakening in our land, we pray. Help our people understand how you're there, you exist. We're not just monkeys that came from evolution. You're our creator God. Help us to honor you and fear you. You're the one who's prosperous. Don't Help us not take all this credit. Lord, help us realize your hand has been on our nation to seek you, to give you glory, to honor you, to put you back where you belong in the center to, that in God we trust, as we say in our money and in our national motto, might it be true? Might it be true? Might there be a spiritual awakening and revival and a turning to Jesus Christ and advancement of the gospel? God, raise up workers for your gospel, great evangelists, who help lead our nation back to you, and great prophets and teachers who help teach us the truths through which we must be living. Bless our churches. Might they be mighty, powerful places of spiritual growth and life and praise and joy and understanding and edification. All these things we pray today, we give you our lives freshly. Again, we are surrendered to you. So when that happens, Lord, fill us with your spirit with the joy of the Lord and the power of God in us will rise above today. No matter what people say or do, today we are followers of Christ. Proudly so. We humble ourselves, but Lord, we are unashamed to call ourselves by your name. We bless you today. Lead us today. Fill us, guide us in your beautiful path. Surround us with your blessing. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 and amen. God bless you today, and he will surround you with a blessing. Trust in him. He's our rock. He's our refuge. He's our strength. This will be a good day. Amen? I'm planning it for me, and, uh, and I'm planning to be victorious no matter what happens around me. So God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow morning on Sundays. I hope you can make it to church tomorrow. We do pray for the churches of America on Sunday. This will be our focus tomorrow. You might have people from your church tune in. Your pastor might even be encouraged to hear how we will pray for him and for his church tomorrow. So welcome if you're new. If you are, hit that subscribe and notify button below on the YouTube so you can always stay with us and know when we're back on. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. right Eastern time right here. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.